Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Business of Design. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Kimberly Selden. I'm an interior design professional just like you. And I'm exhausted. It's December. And we have now wrapped up every project that was due to be completed this year. And we've tackled a couple of holiday decorating projects on behalf of clients. So I'm at that point in the year where I'm ready to just look back, do some reflection, set some goals, and prepare myself for the year ahead. If you're like me and like most entrepreneurs, you won't spend a lot of time congratulating yourself on all the things that went well this year. You probably spend a lot more time looking forward and determining what do you want to get done next year? What are your goals? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? So let's talk about what we can get done this year, right? If you are willing to make change. And that's the caveat. It's simple, but it's not easy. I would say, in fact, in most cases, the biggest change most of us have to make is changing our mind. Until you change your mind, you can't really make significant, practical, tangible changes to your business that will impact your life in a really positive way. You have to change your mind first. And make no mistake, if your business is not where you want it to be, change you must. That will be my only Yoda-ism on the show, change you must. There is absolutely no way to get better or different results if you're doing things exactly as you have been doing them. And if you're doing them exactly like all your friends in the industry are doing them, that's not going to help you either. Most interior design firms are running on willpower and chaos. So you want to be really careful where you're taking your business advice. Most of us will do anything to avoid change, even if it means staying stuck or staying miserable. Sometimes we are so invested in staying the course, even when it isn't ideal, even if we wish it were better, even if we think there might be a better way, but we are just so invested in staying the course that we dismiss a new idea or a new concept that might change everything, by the way, for the better. We miss the opportunity because we've already made up our minds. It won't work. That might work for you, Kimberly, but it won't work for me. Changing your mind It's a really tricky proposition because you have to admit, either consciously or subconsciously, that you may have been doing things the wrong way. That's a pretty bitter pill to swallow. I didn't like that. I was working so hard. And now I'm asked to admit that despite my best efforts, my best thinking, my most dedicated approach, it's not good enough. Who wants to admit that? I didn't. That's why I fought change for so long. I put so much energy into protecting the way I ran my business in the early years, which for me was 1991 till 2001, a decade, that I was blind to finding a better way. Now, in my defense, nobody had a better way. 
every single industry expert I spoke to was doing things like I was doing. And the industry coaches who were out there were people who had never run successful interior design firms. Am I really going to learn something from the person who launched an interior design business but couldn't make it succeed? What am I going to learn from that person? What does that person know besides theoretical information, right? So in my defense, I tried, I tried desperately to find people to help me run my business better, but they just weren't out there. During this time period, I just put my head down and I decided that if I was willing to work hard, if I sacrificed weekends, if I sacrificed evenings, if I sacrificed holiday time, it was okay. And it was okay if I wasn't really making money. It was okay that my clients couldn't really afford my services. It was okay if I took whatever crappy job came my way. And it was okay if I let clients tell me how to run my business. I told myself I was building sweat equity. I told myself that if I worked harder, if I worked smarter, I would eventually figure it out. Turns out that is absolutely not true. It's total nonsense. Working harder at doing something the wrong way is never going to produce the positive result you want. It's just going to wear you out. And obstinately refusing to try a new approach because you think you know it won't work. And really hear what I say. You think you know it won't work. You don't know it won't work because you're not willing to try it. So you only think it won't work. I am going to tell you about all the things I was positive would not work before I tried them on this episode. And I guarantee you, if you want your life to be better this time next year, that means your business needs to meet the profitability objective that you deserve and desire. It means your clients need to be satisfied, deeply satisfied with the work you did. And in fact, so satisfied they will never use anybody else. I guarantee you, you're going to have to do things that make you uncomfortable. You may have to try something that you are positive won't work. And you have to be open to a new experience and a new way of operating. But if you're willing to try, at least in my experience, if you're willing to try and you're willing to fail, you might just have your mind blown. It turned out for me that total defeat, like flat on my back, looking up at the sky and saying, I cannot do this anymore like this. It just doesn't work. Was the best position for me to be in to make changes. I am such a stubborn ass sometimes. I will just work myself to death and not stop and consider alternatives. But once I finally hit that wall and I was at the turning point where I was going to get out of the interior design business completely and just focus on my media career, once I hit that fork in the road, I was actually in the best possible position to make changes because I had nothing to lose. So if you're feeling defeated by the year you just had or a client that just broke you, let's use that feeling and let's replace it with some more powerful tools and protocols and systems and strategies this year, okay? As long as I think I have the answers, I can't learn anything new. 
So total defeat, the absolute realization that it isn't going how I want it to go and it isn't going to magically transform itself is actually the very best place to be. If you're telling yourself you can't, then you can't. If you're telling yourself I can't, then it is predetermined that you will not be able to do that thing. Is that really the mantra you want going into 2020? Absolutely not. How about this one? Yes, I can. So much better. It will take courage. It will take perseverance. But you will not have to do it alone. Every single one of us at Business of Design wants you to be with us on this journey in whatever way you can. Before we jump into the show, I want to share a note that I received from a new supplier. It was an email and it was very simple. It said, hey, Kimberly, did you know you've been a customer of Homesmith for one year? We're so glad you found us. We'd like to offer you an additional 10% off anything in the store as a thank you for your support. Isn't that a lovely gesture? It made me consider my approach to clients when their one-year anniversary comes up. We've taken to sending clients a note with a before and after picture, but I think I can continue to acknowledge anniversaries beyond the one year in a sweet, charming way like that. So something to think about. Let's check in with Cheryl Horn, and then we'll jump into the episode. Hey, Cheryl, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. We've got a conference coming up. I'm well aware because I'm putting some finishing touches on the operations manual section we are giving out. And I'm excited. Uh, I just booked my flights and I'm ready to go. I'm ready for the conference already. (laughs) You're going back right after the conference. What a pity. We're going to stay and hang out a little bit. Yes, I do. I need to return on the Monday, but I get to show up a little bit early and help with the setup. And I'm excited. We've got a lot of um, longtime members coming. We've got some brand new people to business of design. Uh, It's exciting. And especially with bigger events like the conference, I really get to talk to a lot of the attendees and things like that before. So um, it's also exciting because we've started getting all the questionnaires in. So we're starting to learn exactly what people want to get out of the conference. A question that seems to be on a lot of people's minds is whether or not to implement flat fees. Some people are working on the hourly fee basis and they're hearing a lot of great things about flat fees. And so we're going to tell you what the danger zone is, that position you may find yourself in where you're thinking about making the transition and we're going to identify exactly what it takes to make sure you're ready to make that transition. And we are also going to talk about asking for the big number. You have to have the skill set, the mindset, and the confidence to ask for that big number if you're ever going to make that jump to value-based fees. And by the way, we have to ask for big numbers all the time if we're selling product as well. So, so that will definitely be part of the conversation. I was really happy and gratified to see that we have so many people who are just at the retreat in Santa Monica who are signing up for the conference. I thought that was that's a really great testimony about how connected this community is and how engaged it is. Yeah, quite a few people from the treat, retreat, uh, quite a few um, advocates we have coming. And actually, one of the questions I've been getting a lot from those thinking about signing up who haven't quite done it is how is the conference content going to be different from membership? Asking if they can just get the same content online. 
Oh, that's a great question. The answer is no. This content will not be online. This is content developed expressly for the conference. Part of it based on training and coaching I've been doing in the last two years. Part of it based on the questionnaires that are coming into us and the real needs and challenges people say they have in their business. So no, this will not be content that's duplicated within membership. And it will also not be one of those conferences where we tell you all the high-level stuff, but never tell you how to do it. You will leave with systems and protocols in your hands. You will be able to implement them as soon as you get back to the office. And one of the things we'll also be giving you, of course, you'll have handouts that you can follow as we go through the content at the conference, but you're also going to walk away with digital copies um, so that you can actually add the handouts and the worksheets to your operations manual, uh, take them back to the office and actually fill them out and do the work immediately following the conference. Yeah, we always do that, right? We try to give you documentation that you can put your logo on when you're done taking a course or some content because we realize it's important for you to have your logo on your documentation as well. So we're excited about the conference. We have still quite a bit of learning that we have in front of us to fine-tune the lessons we're teaching at the conference. So the content is not completed yet. I still have homework. I'm working with different coaches to solve some of the problems I've encountered in my business in the last few years. So we'll be sharing that at the conference as well. It's going to be an amazing event. We can't wait to see you all in Las Vegas. So sign up immediately because we really are getting to a limited number of spaces left. We are. So if you're thinking about it, January 25th and 26th, Las Vegas market. $13.95. And again, space is limited, so make sure you get your tickets now. This episode of your favorite podcast, Business of Design, is brought to you by our friends at Build Lane. Build Lane is an amazing app that allows you, the hardworking interior design professional, to produce quality custom furniture from the comfort of your own office. It sounds easy because it is easy. Yes, you may have heard me speak about Build Lane before. It has been an amazing experience to work with them. So we were really happy when they decided to return as an exclusive sponsor of Business of Design podcast. There are a number of reasons I love working with Build Lane, including the fact that the lead times are short, they remind me to pay attention to the details, and they produce quality custom furniture my clients will love while still allowing me to be profitable. That's important to me in my business, and I know it's important to you as well. Right now, you can get yourself a free account at Build Lane, and you'll be immediately eligible to take $250 off your first purchase. Not bad. What are you waiting for? Go to businessofdesign.com and click on the Build Lane ad or go directly to buildlane.com backslash BOD. You'll be glad you did. And thank you, Build Lane, for your continued support of Business of Design and the important work we do here and for servicing this incredible community of hardworking professional interior designers. And now back to the show. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. 
Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. For independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. In October, you may know that Business of Design had its elite retreat. And it has been so gratifying to hear from some of the attendees, many of the attendees actually following retreat, that they have made significant changes to their businesses. Many of the retreat goers, by the way, are also going to the conference, which totally makes sense to me because they're on a roll and they want to keep it going. We were particularly moved this month by changes one designer made following the retreat. We were impressed because at the retreat, she had expressed such deep skepticism about some of the suggestions that were made to her. I'll give you an example. In one case, I was talking about how I do the presentation at step five, and particularly the preparation leading up to that presentation. Let's call this designer Debbie. That is not her real name. But Debbie designer said she could not possibly do the presentation the way I do it. She said she had too many clients and she could not focus on one job at a time. And so I explained that I have multiple clients too, but I have learned the hard way that multitasking doesn't produce the results I need and want for my clients. So I have had to learn a more disciplined approach. Nope, she was not buying it. She said her clients were super busy. They wouldn't wait six weeks to get a single presentation. Her clients did not need to see the whole house at once. They just wanted to see regular ongoing progress. And I said, my clients are super busy too. And often they think they need to see regular ongoing progress when in fact experience has shown me. And by the way, not just my experience, but the experience of hundreds of other professionals by now. Experience has shown us that clients will wait and you will get better results with a single presentation. We talked about Debbie's concerns and objections all weekend long. She did her best to rally support from other people who were at the retreat. But in fact, many of the people at the retreat said, yeah, you know, we believed exactly as you believed until we tried it. And now we're convinced it does work and you should try it. Despite my best efforts, and despite the best efforts of the peers around her, she was 100% positive that our suggestions wouldn't work, not just about the presentation and step four preparation. It was quite a few other things as well. On the last day as we were saying goodbye, I asked Debbie if she would be willing to do something, even though she was positive it wouldn't work. Would she be willing to make one or two small changes to her next project, knowing in advance it wouldn't work, it might even be a disaster. And we talked about that for a few minutes, and she said she would give it some thought. Just a couple of days ago, she reached out to us with a personal note and said, Kimberly, I can't believe it. It worked. I had a small project. I decided I would try it using Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy as designed, and no matter what happened, I would push through. I can't believe it. I did a single presentation and they loved everything except for two chairs. I received a deposit on the entire order 
and I was able to order everything at once. I can't believe it. I'm going to start over and try everything as suggested. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What is amazing about this is it's less than two months ago that her mantra was, yeah, I know it might work for you, Kimberly, or I know it might work for you, other Business of Design member, but it won't work for me. I can't. I'm special. I'm unique. And now her mantra is, I'll give it a try. So much better. And I can tell you, Debbie will never look back. Her business and her life is changed forever. She may not know it yet, but I know it. By the way, I am going to ask her if she's willing to come on the podcast and talk about this experience. I just didn't want to call her out because I do not have her permission to give you her name right now, but I have a feeling she'll come on the show. This, by the way, is not a far-fetched example of transformation. I underwent an incredible transformation when I began to try things a different way. And we hear from designers every single week that tell us their lives have been transformed by trying the systems and protocols that we've written out for them. So I want to tell you about some of the rules I made up for myself early on, some of the things I knew I could not do differently, no matter how much money I was paying for coaching. I was 100% positive I would not be able to successfully make the changes suggested to how I was currently doing a host of tasks. Maybe you'll be able to relate. These are some of the things I decided I could not do. Number one, I can't bill clients for all my hours. Be honest. How many times have you had that thought? I couldn't possibly bill the client for three hours to source the coffee table. That's ridiculous. She'll never pay that much. But in fact, it actually took three hours to find the coffee table for whatever reason. Maybe the coffee table, maybe the coffee table had to be made of aluminum and it had to be 72 inches by 42 inches and you weren't able to make it custom. So you had to find a very specific piece of furniture and you did your best, but it took three hours. Or I couldn't possibly bill the client for the time it took to resolve this issue. It's not the client's fault the wrong fabric was delivered. I told myself that for years, I couldn't possibly bill the client for a deficiency or a mistake. It's not her fault. And the flip side of that, of course, is, and the corollary to that, of course, is, is it my fault? No, it's not my fault. We live in this particular world at this particular time. Goods are shipped all over the world with very little quality control. And we receive those goods frequently damaged or incorrect. And part of our job is to make sure that those things get resolved. And oh my gosh, how much would you pay to have someone deal with all the annoying deficiencies and mistakes and repairs that you have in your life? I would pay a lot of money. I would pay just about anything for somebody to phone the phone company when I have an issue because I know that's going to be six hours out of my life I'll never get back, right? So I made up this story that you cannot bill clients for everything, Turns out that isn't true at all. If I have integrity, if I'm honest about what it takes to get the job done, if I detail those tasks so clients understand what's gone into making the project look so easy, clients will pay. But I make up my mind that it can't be done. 
So I don't even write those tasks down. And then that just sets off a whole chain of events where I don't write everything down. Ugh, I'm not going to write that down. It took five minutes. Ugh, it doesn't matter that I had to go and see the drapery person. I was in the neighborhood anyway, so it took an hour to figure out all the different trims on the pillows and the draperies. I'm not going to charge the client for that. And this, by the way, is your prerogative But the fact of the matter is too often we stay small and we stay not profitable out of fear. I'm afraid the client will be mad if I bill her for everything. So my people-pleasing character defect is problematic, right? It takes courage to bill clients for every minute of time. But you can do it if you decide you're willing to do it. And if you want to make more money in 2020, you make that one change, you have more money in 2020. One change, that's it. We'd love to hear from you if you decide to do it. Share your experience with others because everybody needs to hear it from lots of people, not just me. I'm going to take a break right here and just do another shout out for the conference. If you're thinking about signing up but haven't done so yet, now is the time. Space is limited. And Molly, thank you so much for filling out your questionnaire. I understand exactly what you're telling me when you say you are too busy to train staff. We can solve that problem for you. I am 100% confident we can solve that problem for you. Part of the learnings we're doing at the conference, you're going to leave with a section of the operations manual, which is going to get you started in a big and meaningful way. So Molly, we feel you, we hear you. We are going to help you solve this problem. And you, whatever your challenge is, whatever you're struggling with in business, at least once or twice a year, it's important to stop what you're doing and work on your business. And that's what Business of Design Conference is for. We'd love to see you January 25th and 26th in Las Vegas. It's only $1,395, which is insane value for what you are going to walk away with. So sign up right away. And now back to the show. Another thing I thought I couldn't do was raise my rate. I can't raise my rate. I'm already charging so much. I put my own value system on that number, and I decided that nobody would pay that much when, in fact, the higher-priced rate is an attraction to the exact clients I wanted but didn't have. Whatever the reason is you're telling yourself you can't raise your rate, you do know it's a made-up narrative, right? Some people say, I can't raise my rate because we live in a small town. Well, I know lots of designers in small towns who are business of design members who have raised their rates and they're doing better than ever. They are the one to watch. They are considered to be the best in their community because their rates are high. They are getting all the best customers in those areas. Sometimes we say to ourselves, I can't raise my rate because I live in a big town and there's tons of competition. Well, think about it. If there's tons of competition, do you really want to throw your hat into the same ring or do you want to separate yourself from the pack? If there's tons of competition, find out what they're charging and charge more. Then you have no competition. Or find out what they're charging and charge less. 
But again, if you're going to work for a low fee, you have to be able to produce volume results. And for some people, that might be exactly what you want to do. For stagers, in fact, that sometimes is a really good practice. But mostly for interior designers and for decorating jobs, you can't really produce a high volume of projects. And that means our only option is to distinguish ourselves with a higher rate. I finally raised my rate to 375, something I've been promising to do for a long time. I had so much fear around it, and it has not resulted in a single missed opportunity or lost client. So I'm grateful I had the courage to do it, and I don't think I would have had the courage to do it without all of you. So I get it. But in fact, you can raise your rate. You've just decided you can't. Here's another one I said, I can't ask for a huge deposit up front. Why? Why can't I ask for a huge deposit up front? People won't pay it. Oh my gosh, I would have to ask the clients for $100,000. Nobody can write a check for $100,000. You know what? That's not true at all. Lots of people can write a check for $100,000. In fact, lots of people can write a check for a far bigger number than $100,000. But I decided way back that that was too big a check to write. And therefore, I became a bank to my customers, the Bank of Kimberly. What a huge mistake that is. Allowing clients to pay you when it's good for them is not a smart business practice. Getting paid up front is a really smart business practice. If the only thing you do is decorating and the only goods you sell are furniture and and fixtures and accessories, then getting 100% upfront is not unreasonable. If you go to Restoration Hardware and you want to buy a sofa, you don't give them a 50% deposit, you pay 100% and then you get the sofa whenever they want to get it to you, right? So it is okay for you to ask for a big deposit upfront. Here's one some of you will be able to relate to. I can't say no to a client. I need all the business. I'm still growing and I want to make more money and I have staff to pay and I have overhead. So I can't afford to say no to a client. In fact, sometimes, you know what? You can't afford to say yes to a bad client. I did a consultation this past week. I caramba, I could tell this was not going to be a happy scenario. The client asked so many questions about my systems and protocols and how I did business, and she had suggestions on how she would like it to be done that wasn't consistent with how we run our project management strategy. I explained why we do things the way we do it. When she asked, for example, if items could be delivered one at a time, I explained why we do turnkey. She asked so many questions like that. I could tell that this was going to be a struggle between two people who wanted to have control of the project. And because I'm the only person in this equation who's actually run design projects successfully, I have to be the lead. So I can't struggle with her for the lead on the project. And we were able to say to her, we are not the right design firm. Not easy to do if you don't have enough business. I get it. But the wrong client can destroy your peace of mind. They can destroy your bottom line, right? The wrong client, particularly if you're new at the business and you don't have everything in place to protect yourself, the wrong client could really destroy your confidence 
have you reconsidering whether or not you even want to be in this business. Trust me. So sometimes saying no is the very best thing you can do. I remember this particular I can't so clearly because it was a fight I had with my business coach. She suggested I read my contract to the client line by line at the consultation. At first, I sort of laughed and ignored the suggestion because I thought she certainly couldn't be serious. That's just absurd. Nobody would do that. I was in the habit at that time of doing the consultation and then saying something like, I'm going to leave my contract behind so you can look it over with your husband and I would love to work with you and we'll, you know, let us know if we're going to move forward. Bye. And I probably got about 30% of the jobs I went to. So my business coach brought this up again. How is it going reading the contract line by line? And I said, well, actually, I'm, I'm not reading the contract line by line. That seems really weird. So she said, again, you need to read it to the client line by line. And I just, we thought about this. I'm like, this is absurd. I don't have time to do that. They're not going to want to hear it line by line. She insisted I try it. And it was really, truly one of those things I thought was absolutely the stupidest suggestion. And I was wondering, what is wrong with my business coach? Do I have the right business coach? Because she seems moronic to me. So finally, she said, why don't you just try it? You know, you're so sure it won't work, but you haven't tried it. So why don't you just try it? So I did grudgingly decide I would try it just to shut her up. And you know, the rest is history, right? It was 100% better than what I did previously. The client was engaged. The client asked important questions. I could see what areas of pushback the client had. And I armed that client with enough information that she was able to confidently go through my contract with her husband when he got home that night and answer all of his questions. And I thought, well that was interesting. And I got the job. Well, you know what? Maybe I was going to get the job anyway, because I did get about 30% of the job. So, you know, I'm not convinced it was because I read the contract line by line. So I did it again and I did it again and I got the job and I got the job and I got the job. And it was just shocking to me that I went from this 30% acceptance rate to about a 95% acceptance rate immediately with making no other changes, by the way. But the thing that was most shocking, exciting, fantastic about reading the contract line by line, it didn't take long for me to transform myself into that corporate person in the contract. You know how sometimes it feels like it's just little old me and the clients boss me around and the trades boss me around, the suppliers boss me around, and I don't really know all the information I need to know. And I'm all alone and by myself. And I work from home. I just work out of my basement. I don't have a staff. And it's just little old me. That is such an impotent place to practice your business from. But I was there for a long, long time. Reading that contract line by line made me sit up taller It made me feel like the professional that was described in that contract. There was such a disconnect between the way my contract sounded and the way I felt. But reading my contract line by line allowed me to become the ideal visionary business owner that my contract described. And it didn't take very long. I would say after three or four readings... 
I got in my bones everything that was in my contract and I could confidently speak to it. It was, it was just transformative. I can't tell you how incredible it was. So I know right now there's so many of you listening. You're saying there's no way I'm going to read the whole contract line by line. That's just, I don't care what Kimberly says. It's just lame. I'm not going to do it. Try it. Just try it. Try it and tell me how wrong I am. I'm willing to listen to you tell me how wrong I am, but not until you try it. Another philosophy I subscribed to was the, I can't determine how many clients I want every year because I really believed it was up to luck or fate or kismet. Whoever phoned was some kind of luck. Whether or not they said yes was some kind of luck. And I was not able to impact that in any way. The truth is, you can decide how many clients you want to work with and you can impact that number. You can impact that number with marketing efforts, with networking efforts, and with implementing the systems and protocols we talk about because those will attract the clients you want. I now, every single year, am able to set a goal for how many customers I want and how much money they will spend with my firm. And it works every single time spectacularly. I'm not saying I hit the exact number every single time. Sometimes I exceed it. Sometimes I come pretty close. But having intention around how much money I want to make, how many clients I want, will change your life as well. But it's one of those things I was positive was airy-fairy nonsense. It's just ridiculous. It's just a matter of who phones and then you'll get that many customers. No, you can play a meaningful role in how many people come to your office, how many people sign up for projects and how much money they spend. My wish for you, my wish for me, my wish for all of us in 2020 is that we step into the power of our role as design professionals. We step into the abundance that's out there for us. There are so many venture capitalist firms stepping into the abundance, right? They're trying to figure out how to disrupt the industry to cut us out of the equation and take all the money. The fact of the matter is we just can't compete with them and we don't need to. There's always going to be a customer who wants a human being to do the job. And that's where we come in. We're not an algorithm. We're not a call center. We're human beings. And there's plenty of work for you. There's plenty of work for me. Let's make the work meaningful. Let's make the work satisfying. Let's make the work enjoyable. Together, we're going to be able to do that this year. I'm excited about the future for you, for me, for all of us. Thank you so much for sharing your victories, your challenges, your goals, your passion, your heart with me and with all of us at Business of Design. You mean the world to us. You really do. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? 
Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.